This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week for a very special Goodreads Book of the Month episode, I have Brian Murray. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Brian. I'm very excited to talk about this book that was picked by all of the Goodreads Reading Challenge winners from 2021. The year 2020, I guess. I, I'm already starting to get into the habit of saying 2021. So anyways, um, and this is a book uh, by Eleanor Davis called Why Art, published by Fantagraphics. Um, and it's definitely a book that uh, <laughs> is not what I expected. Um, I guess, Brian, could you give us like a quick overview of what this book kind of is? Yeah, it's 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 not a a narrative comic necessarily, although there is a narrative element to it, especially towards mm-hmm. the end. Uh it's really more of just a it, it felt it feels almost stream of consciousness of just sort of a a discussion on on what art is and why we as humans feel compelled to make art. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great way to describe it because we were you know we were talking about before we started recording here. My thought was you know should we say full spoilers? If you read this book, is there really something to spoil about it? And I guess full spoilers for Why Art by Eleanor Davis, but really I don't know if there's much to spoil outside of the small narrative bit that we get at the end of this book. Um, I, I one thing that I thought was really interesting in, in approaching this was I thought this was going to be a really heavy like comic with prose like in your face discussion about art um which i wasn't opposed to i just was my mind was bracing for something else um and instead we get this i you know brian you kind of described it as stream of consciousness i I took it as like almost an informative like 50s era like information video that you would watch in school about art but without being like condescending completely to you, like saying, not trying to say that you're an idiot. It's just explaining all of the relevant pieces that are required to understand the text. And then of course we get into this narrative thing, which I thought was a nice left turn for the whole book. But yeah, I don't know. What were your overall thoughts for this book before we start to dive into the rather, the different pieces of it? Yeah. I like that you mentioned the, the fifties sort of documentary feel to it. Cause that was my thought was like, I heard very clearly a, british woman narrating this book like Mm -hmm. in like a like a documentary narration style so if you've ever ever watched a a documentary with a a woman from the uk narrating you'll you'll know exactly the voice i'm talking about yeah a a wildly specific thing to get at but (laughs) no I, i i totally get that and i i i think going into this there's this back and forth of like text and then an image text and then an image text and then an image um that kind of puts the whole story into a rhythm or cuts puts the entire book into a rhythm um because i don't know if you would necessarily call this a story because it, it just it seems like it's trying to explain something to you like it's an informative work versus actual fiction um and not to say that that makes it any less of a comic book by any means or anything it's just Again, I didn't know what to expect going into this. I just said, oh, it's the Goodreads book. I got to sit down and read it. And then I couldn't stop reading it because it was such a simple concept. And and yet at the same time felt very informative. I just I was blown away by just the the overall simplicity of it while also being like a pretty engaging read. Yeah, I, that's that's like my 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 first real thought about it. But I, I really liked the back and forth of like little snippet of prose, a little bit of comic, a little snippet of prose, a drawing, you know, back and forth like that. Yeah, and I, I bet that that's something that works better if you have a physical book in front of you. Uh, I read this book on Hoopla, and Same. 
Same. There, there, there were times when I wasn't sure if the text I was seeing was supposed to necessarily accompany the following graphic. Oh, uh, I see. It was just, it was just kind of awkward with how things were were spaced out. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, this is just a children's book for adults. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, if only because it, it has this really straightforward, just, you know, like I said, text to image, text to image thing that you would see, like, you know, the spider crawls up the, the wall. And then on the next page, there's an image of a spider crawling up the wall. It's like, and the spider finds its home and it's the spider making it, you know, that's kind of what this book is. Um, and even paging through it now, like I'm, I'm just looking through, actually, sorry, I said that I read this on Hoopla. I was skimming through it on Hoopla, but it, I actually have a copy of it on Comixology. So looking at the two page spreads and seeing how the images reflect on um, the actual text, like prose pages is interesting. Um, if only because it's, yeah, it is, it can be a little bit confusing if you're just going page by page. Um, I did read it page by page, but I didn't really find it that, that off-putting, but maybe that's just, that's just me. Um but yeah, I, I think like there's a lot of really bizarre stuff happening in this um, that makes it, like I said, really engaging and not in the sense that like art is engaging, but just it's it's kind of weird and it's kind of funny. And like, you know, there there are moments where you would think the book is being very serious about something and then it cuts to like this dry humor um, that I, I think is very, in my opinion, like a prevalent in a lot of Fantagraphics books of this. You think this thing is really serious and then suddenly I'm going to throw a really small joke in and it becomes very, very funny because of how dry everything has been before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got that feeling, Brian. I don't know how many, you know, Fantagraphics books or the books of this nature that you read. Uh, next to none. But sure. I, I definitely... <laughs> picked up on the same thing uh the 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 book has a real tendency to get surreal Mm -hmm. in places and there there was one part in particular that stood out to me where it's right at the beginning of the narrative section uh when the narrator is talking about all these these characters at an art gallery and they say uh we're worried about attendance because of the storm we can hear the, the roar of the wind and thunder. We hear shouting, explosions, rushing water, and the thrumming of a million insects. And just like <laughs> the the way that just kind of like turns weird at the end. <laughs> just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there was a lot of that and I really appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, the the moment in the book where there are they're talking about masks and they get to the wolf mask and it's like fuck murder party. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> We were talking about like happiness and sadness, and now we're talking about you know werewolves. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I thought some of that stuff was pretty funny as well. Uh, and because like there, there really is like a level of humor that I think kind of persists throughout the whole book. It's not, it's not constantly prevalent. I don't think when you sit down to read Why Art by Eleanor Davis, you go, "This is going to be a funny book," yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but the, the the fact that it's there, I think, makes it a little bit more, um, like, makes it easier to read, and also makes it, I, honestly, just more enjoyable in the sense of like, uh, this could have just been a straightforward kind of bleak narrative narrative from beginning to end. But having these little bits of humor really break a lot of what i i think is kind of tense just informative pieces of information and and maybe there's I'm, I'm trying to look into this book a little bit more because like overall i think that this is a book that's probably smarter than i am and <laughs> i like seriously th- that's probably what's happening here and i have a feeling that this can go one of two ways right one is 
you know, Eleanor Davis is is kind of trying to put the put like a give a little middle finger to like the art community in a lot of ways uh, because I could you could take a lot of what happens in this book as like kind of a big fuck you to like look at the stupidity of how people create modern art. Um, but then on the other hand, maybe she's actually trying to explore the the the, the modern art process in discussing like the the commercialization of how art in order to become popular and become appreciated, you have to do things to compromise your own integrity. Um, and I'm not sure which is which, and I'm sure that that's based on your you know, reader's interpretation. But like, I felt like there's a lot of this book that's just like kind of goes over my head because I'm not someone who's plugged in or probably thinking too deeply about a book like this. Like, is there some overt symbolism that I'm not understanding, um, or someone with a more learned mind would probably get it? Because I just, you know, I'm I read the fucking comic books all the time like <laughs> and like th- that's not necessarily a knock on comics but i think a lot of comics that you read are pretty straightforward in what they're doing unless you get your grant morrison's or your kieran gillen's or you know whoever trying to tell some bigger monolithic story that again that shit goes way over my head as well um so yeah. i don't know is there more happening in this book <laughs> what's your take on it brian i i definitely agree with what you're saying like x-men and dr afra are not asking you to analyze them you certainly you certainly can but it's not not a requirement to enjoy them i i I do think that this book did a good job of steering away from the potential condescension in a in a a book like this Mm -hmm. uh because and maybe this is just from the the people that i i've met who take art very seriously uh some of them have a tendency to be a little condescending towards those of us who prefer a an X-Men or a Dr. Aphra. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there is a little bit of that in this book. I remember, uh, what was the line? Davis refers to sweet artwork with no taste uh, mm-hmm. in several mm-hmm. places. And the idea of it being like something to go back to after you've had like a, a hearty filling art that makes you think experience. Right. Um but ultimately, I think that those those little moments of humor, like the werewolf mask and things like that, did a good job of saying, like, look, I'm taking this seriously, but I'm not taking myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that's that. a good distinction. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think like. I don't know. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the whole like narrative side of this book because you yeah. know the first probably fifty or so pages is kind of just this like back and forth prose to to image and uh, or text to image. I wouldn't call it prose; it's only like you know a sentence. Um, but and then as we get further and further into the book, we start to explore um, actually like a handful of different characters, which uh, I thought was kind of funny. And to me, this is this is Davis kind of portraying the the modern 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 art creator um in a lot of different ways you know you've get you've got people that are making like musical talismans you've got people doing um interactive art you've got folks who are just doing sculpture and and weird like looking things and then there's this idea of like hidden art that you never show to anyone um which to me sounds like a mock of what people think art is and maybe this and this is where i kind of draw this blurry line of like is she being serious about this is she being like is she kind of poking fun at these ideas um and i couldn't really determine whether one was one or one was true one way or the other because as we learn we meet all these characters and we see some of their art exhibits some of it's funny some of it's kind of heartbreaking and again this is where i was talking about this idea of you know 
is the overall message of this story about the idea that you have to make sacrifices and compromises in order to get your art seen without without actually compromising the integrity of the work? Or is it that all art is beautiful no matter what you do to it? Um, or is it that you can get lost so far into your art that it no longer has meaning and it, you are no longer independent of the thing, you become the thing itself? Because as this narrative goes on, there's a storm and so on and so forth. But I'll, I'll stop talking. I don't know what your thoughts were on that, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the the basic narrative is we have all of these these artists with their their different disciplines, uh, but their their gallery is in a storm that rapidly deteriorates into you know a giant hand reaching down and tearing off the roof, and then they mm-hmm. escape the storm by climbing into a little shadow box piece of art that was there. And find themselves in another smaller world within our own. And then they decide to create little versions of themselves. And I thought that was cool because they're, they are using art to create the version of themselves that they want to be or Mm -hmm. the version of themselves Mm -hmm. they want to show the world. And I do think that's a, a function of art is to determine how the world sees us. Mm hmm. Uh, and so they create these little versions of themselves and then allow them to live out their lives and they continue expanding it and expanding it. And then eventually one of the artists, I believe it was Dolores decides to destroy the art. And mm-hmm. we we see the same thing that happened to them is now being done to their, their miniature world of art. Yeah. And Dolores asks their art to show them how to be brave or something like something to that effect. Um, which mm-hmm. I thought was a, a a very good like thing to end on. Like like you using art to to learn about yourself, to show yourself things. Yeah, see that again, th- this is like a completely different take than what I had of my like my because my overall thought was, you know, is the idea that <laughs> taking that thing of life, life imitating art, but you know, art imitating life, um, uh, like to the max and going beyond and saying like, if you if you get this very high level view of everything, um, you can kind of in like lose yourself in that thing and depend on it so much that you no longer have any idea of what to do. You are you're basing everything on the interpretation and how the art reacts to what you do to it, um. Yeah, it's which I guess not nearly as hopeful as what you were thinking, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that Kate on the Goodreads group said uh the end was a wild ride for me. I got a real we we create who we are tomorrow sense from it. But then the character destroying what she had built just to see what would happen felt very self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think that message can be true in both cases, right? I I think that you can like that idea of we we create who we are tomorrow. Um, can still be true and also someone feeling like they need to be self-sabotaging or self-destructive just to see what would happen like if if you are feeling some sort of numbness i mean people do that you know um i think that's yeah it's pretty that's a good that's a good look at it yeah i i mostly just keep coming back to like the last third of this book in like the chaos of it that like really swept me up as i was reading it like I, i couldn't stop reading this book i mean from from the get-go it's a it's a very easy read um which i think is great um with a with a book that has a, a, a pretty high concept idea um i think having a very approachable um 
I don't want to say simple, but just easy to digest kind of story um, that kind of leaves you thinking about a lot of different things is kind of a, a very impressive thing to do with such a, a simple idea or simple like implementation, you know, with just small bits of text and imagery. And yet you still, I feel like very, you still feel a very strong everything um, coming out of it. I thought that's pretty impressive about this book. Um, I, I will say Brandon from the from the Goodreads group also said, I have many, many, I have many words about this book, but essentially, I believe it's a well-crafted and thought-provoking book that was boring to read. <laughs> the art is good, the use of empty space is done exceptionally well, and there are interesting scenarios to put forth about physical and mental perception, but overall, I couldn't connect with it. It wasn't bad, but I've read many books that can ask similar questions while also providing a strong narrative structure. I think Eleanor Davis achieved what she wanted to do with this comic, I just don't vibe with the end result. Uh, which I can totally understand. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a book that I like. I think on the whole, I probably wouldn't be rating this like five stars on Goodreads. I'd probably be giving this. I don't know if I rated it yet, but probably give it like a three star. Maybe if I could, three point five stars. Um, if only because there's nothing in this book that moved me so much that I've been thinking about it nonstop. I mean, for you know, for the show here, I've you know wanted to sit down and make sure that we have um, some things to talk about. So I definitely spent more time thinking about it than I probably would have if I had just read this on my own. Um, there was nothing that really struck me so well that uh, I was like thinking about it for days and days and days. Um, what about you? Did you have any any feelings like that? Yeah, I, I think that this this could be this book depends on what you take out of it. Right. Like it's it's going to be it could be a five star read for one person and a two star read for another. And and neither one of them is wrong. It's just that some people like to think about art this way and other people don't enjoy that. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, this th- this book can be very successful if you want to do what the book wants you to do. Uh I, I like you, am not prone to that, uh, on, on my own. Um, so it was, it was a little of a, huh, well, okay. When I got to the end, but <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like you said, I've, I've been trying to think about it just to, to give it a fair shake because I, I do think that there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I think, uh, Lenny from the Goodreads group had a, a pretty positive experience with it uh Mm -hmm. they said uh, a short affecting and enjoyable metaphor and commentary on art Uh, i think i got some of what davis was saying but not all of it which is okay Uh, i appreciated the moments of humor and how davis balanced a meaningful commentary without taking things too seriously she gradually shifts from artwork exposition to art allegory but i didn't feel lost or frustrated along the way even if even if i didn't grab all the deeper meanings and in fact i was quite moved by the end yeah Oh. And I, I, you know, a lot of books, I think we, we can have like back and forth discussion, but I think that these are between like Brandon and Lenny, two very accurate, totally, I, I think, objectionably correct ways to look at this book. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did. I in my mind, though, as you know, as I was getting towards the end of this book, I kind of thought of it at, like as the I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, Schenectady, New York, um, which is yeah, it's it's a bizarre uh, uh uh Kaufman movie uh it's long story short uh, uh it's, it's about a director who wants to tell this ultimate story and it's a story about him telling the story that he wants to tell um and as the story goes on it keeps unfolding inside of itself right like a fractal like this every time he gets to a certain point in the film 
or excuse me. So it's like you, it starts with him telling the story. And as that story gets to the point where he starts telling the story, it starts telling the story as well. So you've got him as the director who casts someone else who in the story, then casts someone else who in the story, then casts someone else as the story goes on to the point where it eventually becomes larger than him. And it turns out that there was someone on the outside telling the story about him telling the story, right? It's, it's a fucking bizarre movie. And I'm sure that what I just said made little sense. Um, <laughs> But if you, you know, you look at it from from that lens of people like it's a story about art and that contains people making art that contains people making art. That's kind of how I like that. The end of this book really reminded me of that, you know, as you know, the hand comes down and the people escape into the shadow box and then eventually they create a world where there are people that escape into a shadow box, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it kind of begs this question of like, where did this all begin? Where would all, where will it all end? At what point do you make any choices? Is the, are things kind of faded? Like the more I think about that last, I don't know, third of the book, the more I kind of wonder what, if Davis was trying to get at that idea that art will forever beget art. Um, and, because of that, like either there is no change and everything is constant and there is no advancement or eventually at some path in, or some point in this path of people creating art about creating art, they will eventually make a change that will no longer create the same story. Um, it's kind of a, I don't know, huge question to, to think about. But I that's that one thing that kind of reminded me as I was rereading to the end of this book. Um was there there's i feel like there was kind of a message of you know we always create the same story even when we try to create a perfect version of ourselves or a perfect version of the story it always ends up being the same um if assuming the worlds continue to escape in into the shadow box you know right so yeah no, that's I interesting know. i didn't think about it that way but. Yeah, I, like again, I I was really trying to find something beyond just a hey, did I tell a pretty good story about art in this one, <laughs> um, and <laughs> instead actually try to think of it as something else. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, this is a really like again really interesting book given the length, given the 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 portrayal of everything. Like I think you could probably get a similar book from other creators, and they would just fill the pages up with text to 100%. overwhelm you. And and I, I I feel like I've read comics like that. I mean, if you ever sat down and read Understanding Comics, like, because I haven't finished it. It's a huge fucking book. And it's it's one of those books that everyone says, you got to read this. This thing's super important. Um, now, I don't necessarily know if if why art is is in the same like uh, realm as Understanding Comics, because I I don't know if it's because it's not necessarily supposed to be used as a learning tool. I think understanding comics is definitely supposed to be used as a learning tool. Um, but I think that there is still the capacity or the potential for a book like this to be so wordy and so in your face with stuff, even while keeping the humor, even while keeping the narrative. Um, and I think Davis did a great job of keeping everything very pined down in order to tell a very direct and still very vague story um, that you could interpret in a lot of different ways. And I think based on just some of the comments we got from Goodreads and even just our discussion today, um, it's clear that there are a lot of ways to take this book, um, which I think is a sign that it did its job. Yeah. And I think that its its length is, is hugely successful because it looks like mm-hmm. it's going to be a massive slog. It's like 170 some pages. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I read it in about 20 minutes. So it's one of those things where even if you you read it and at the end you're like, well, that was a waste of my time. Uh, <laughs> it was only a waste of 20 minutes of your time. 
You're right. Uh, so right, right. I, I would encourage everyone to to give this book a shot. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, I don't think that three stars because like, you know if I had to put a number on it, um, maybe that's something we'll try to do for 2021. Everyone has to put a rating on it. Um, you know, three and a half stars, three stars is not a bad rating. You know, that's a good book. It's just not a a great book. Um, but I mean, again, there there still is a lot to take from this book that even if you don't massively love it and, you know, go buy the hardcover and get it signed or whatever, like it's still a good read. It's definitely worth your hoopla borrow, definitely worth your, uh, you know, maybe a, a buy on sale from Comixology or something like that. Or if you could find it, you know, on the cheap, um, it's definitely a good book to read. Yeah, I think that I personally would probably give it a two. Um, but I, like you were saying, like, I think that any rating between one and five is valid. It's, it's, this book is so subjective Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very hard to, to give, to say that everyone will probably think it's a two star book. Like there are definitely people who are going to love this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, cool. I, th- I think that just about covers everything um, I wanted to talk about. Was there any, any final thoughts that you had, Brian, about this beyond what we just said? No, I think this is one of those things where if we if we keep if we let ourselves keep talking about it, we'll just kind of circle the drain Absolutely. for the rest of the afternoon. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you know, Brian, thanks for sitting down and doing this with me. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Brian at Brian Head. You can follow me at Mike Rappin and you can follow the show at IRCB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Uh, join today for exclusive series like the IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and more. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show. Give us five stars. I think we earned it. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord. Listen to our episodes as we record them live. And, you know, if you've got a second, maybe you should tell a friend or two about the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music. We can't thank them enough. Xander is a great editor, just a, a great person to talk to, and top mean lord, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. I want to say thanks again to Brian. Thank you to everyone out there who listened to this episode and all the folks on Goodreads who helped uh, nominate this episode in completing the reading challenge last year. That's a huge feat. A lot of books to read. So thank you so much for that. Uh, until next time, comics are good and so are you.